Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, where we share knowledge, philosophies, wisdom, and insight to help you on your journey in both sport and life. Introducing your host, Rob Riles. Hello and welcome to Leader Manager Coach Podcast. Welcome along. It's great to have you with us. Now I'm going to get straight into today's into today's episode and there's a number of things that I want to talk about that will affect your practice, your leadership, your management and your coaching. And we are, just to give it a little bit of a, a timeline, we're still uh, in the pandemic times of COVID. We are beginning to see light at the end of the tunnel and sport is getting some traction again. The spectator aspect of the sport is certainly not where it needs to be and the participation is a little bit frail in terms of the uh, practices that are allowed, but at least we are getting movement towards something like, which is a, a great relief to everybody who is passionate about their sport and uh, what it is that, uh, that they enjoy doing. Now, in relationship to sport, professional sport, non-league sport, amateur sport. One of the things that uh, you know that I'm certainly passionate about is uh, practice and the elements of that, that contribute towards mastery of a particular aspect. And one of the things that was highlighted to me recently that I thought was really worth sharing because it's, it's particularly highlighted in difficult times is something called practice and ritual. Now, one of the things that people who become experts, who become masters, who become world-class, if you like, at their task, at what it is they do, is that they develop um, a, a practice regime. And without a practice regime, whether it's three hours a day or four hours a day or five hours a day or six hours a day or two hours here, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, the length of time that, that's put in, if those hours are not put in, it's, a, it's pretty much a, unless you're a, a truly gifted individual, but even then we know that you need the practice. But this practice is a fundamental and it has to be done. And one of the things that we, we all like is we like routine. As human beings, we, we do get into routines and we like the, that routine where we get up a certain time, maybe then we go to the gym, maybe, or we have our breakfast or whatever it is, our morning. We can call it a ritual. We can call it a routine. And very often, these are things that actually are very successful parts of, of, of achieving over a long period of time because if you get into a routine you don't have to think about it you know people like steve jobs who uh, the the late and massively successful ceo of, of of apple he had was a very very ritualistic routine person he wore the same clothes every day he ate the same things he did the same things because he didn't want to give his valuable mental time to things that he didn't think were necessary so he freed up his mental capacity his mental time to focus on things that he needed to do and 
if you look into the biographies, the autobiographies, and uh, the fields of, of, of great great achievers, whether that's in the field of sport, whether it's in football, whether it's in, in business or in other aspects of life, you will find that there are great examples of rituals and, and routines that people do that get them into these practice rituals, which added up over time, incrementally, baby step after baby step, day after day, week after week, month after month, all add up to great achievements. Now, what's happened in this pandemic is that people's lives have been thrown into chaos. And people have uh, more recently, yes, have been able to get claw back some kind of normality and some kind of routine again when we are allowed to do the things that we want to do. But somebody pointed out to me that the real true masters are concerned not with routine or ritual, but with practice. And what they mean by that is that fundamentally, if you are a tennis player, you may need to know, right, okay, I need to do four hours on forehand, four hours on backhand, four hours on service this week. If you are a footballer, you may need to know, I need to do my three gym sessions. I need to do my three runs. I need to do my X number of hours on on my weak foot, I need to do my X number of hours on my free kick, I need to work with my teammates on, on, on shape, and so on, and so on, and so on. Now, because of the situation brought by uh, COVID-19, people aren't able to get together. We're not able to go to the venues that we were able to go to before. We're not able to, to, to socialize with the people. We're not able to communicate as easily. And so there are many, many enforced situations that, that actually do not enhance our practice. But we are not, if we are overly concerned with routine and ritual, we can easily get all bent out of shape, all frustrated, all angry, and say, actually, I cannot do this because I cannot go to the gym, I cannot get to my teammates, I cannot, I cannot access my coach, I cannot work in, in the environment and in the way that I am familiar with. But the true greats are concerned with practice, not ritual. So it's not about going to the gym, it's about doing the work. It's not about being with your teammates, it's about doing the best you can without them. It's not about being on the world's best tennis court or the world's best tennis facility or badminton facility or the best football pitch. It's about doing the practice as best as you can. The Leader Manager Coach podcast is available via the Leader Manager Coach app. Download it now to access the rich resource of unique, insightful and educational material to help you on your own journey in football, sport and life. Leader Manager Coach. For the game. For life. Available now on Google Play and Apple App Store. So no matter where you have to do it, where you have to do it on, on a piece of waste ground or you have to do it in your own home or you have to do it in your living room or you have to do it in your back garden or you have to do it on some, you know, in the street. It's about doing what you need to do that gets the best that, or the nearest to the perfect practice without getting all bent out of shape about the actual ritual. So 
that's where the great winners and the great leaders will see a difference. So it's not about the ritual. The ritual is what helps. It's about the practice, the nitty gritty. You know, it's the same principle as if, you know, we need food to be healthy. If our well-cooked, beautifully prepared food is not available because of circumstance, are we going to sit there and cry? And are we going to complain and moan? Or are we going to eat what is available in order to sustain and maintain our health and our lives? It is the same principle. That is the difference between practice and ritual. And it will sort out those with the right attitude towards it and the ones who really understand what is important. And as a coach and a leader and as a manager, understanding the difference between practice and ritual or routine can be a great thing to pass on. Okay, let's move on from that. I was reading something the other day and um, it just resonated and I like sharing things that resonate. So no matter what, no matter what is occurring, what we can do is we can do our work. And the, the phrase that, that resonated with me was work is my power. And what, what does that mean to you? To you, what does that mean? How many times, can you recognize this? How many times have you been in a situation where you haven't felt up to doing something? You haven't felt like doing the coaching practice or getting out there or meeting the players or, 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 or traveling away or even just going to work or preparing your session or whatever it is that you need to do. But because you've committed to it, you get on with it and you do it. And once you get into the flow, once you get into the practice within 30 minutes or an hour, or at the end of it, you say, do you know what, that was really good. I really enjoyed that. We got loads out of it. There was, there was things that happened there. It was, it was fantastic. And essentially that is the example of what this, this phrase means, that work is your power. So no matter what, no matter what is happening around you, no matter what the circumstance, you can always apply yourself and you can get on and do something to make it incrementally better, make it a little bit better and endeavor towards it because it is always not going to be going your way. The wind is always not going to be at your back. It's often going to be in your face and things are not going to be rosy. But where is your power? Your power is in your work and how you feel about it and how you how you you deal consciously and cognitively with 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 things and, and situations will be greatly impacted on your physical efforts towards doing those things um, healthy mind healthy body you know if we get on with things and when we and we work physically towards things and we just actually turn up and start to do the practice and start to do the things, that is often where we find our power. You know, we won't find a pot of gold by sitting in our own living room. The law of compensation says that uh, that is so. So work is your power, which very much relates to the first point of practice and ritual. It's not about the circumstance. It's not about the situation and the beautiful training pitch and the wonderfully uh, laundered and ironed sportswear that we wear it's getting our grubby old t-shirts on finding the, the the best possible pair of trainers that we can put our hands on getting out there and getting the work done
because that's that four letter word that changes people's lives, work. So work is your power. Okay, here's the next one that I came across this week I really thought was worth sharing. Ladies and gentlemen, many congratulations. You have hit bedrock. Now what this person was describing was a geological situation where people are digging down and they're trying to either create piles or create some kind of construction or dig down for, for some purpose and what they do is they hit what appears to be and seems to be an impenetrable layer of bedrock and the analogy with that is what George Leonard in his book calls uh, his, his book mastery calls the plateau that's where we're maybe sailing along we make some progress we feel that we we've we've walked along a little bit and we can we're higher up the hill and we can see light at the end of the tunnel and we think we're getting somewhere and all of a sudden bump we hit something that feels impenetrable that seems impenetrable and we feel all frustrated how on earth are we going to get through this this that thought process that often or sometimes occurs oh no this is the end this is impossible i cannot pass i cannot do this congratulations you have hit bedrock this is a challenge that is all it is it is nothing more than a challenge that says to you okay your present capacities your present abilities as they stand now as you see them as you comprehend them mean you cannot get past this obstacle that does not mean that the obstacle is impassable it doesn't mean that you can't surpass it or overcome it you just have to find additional resources within yourself outside yourself to access you have to communicate you have to join with other people you have to find a way around it or under it or over it in an in uh, in any way that you possibly can that is so if you know when your when your players come to you and, and, and with their not sure i can do this we're, we're feeling doubtful you know it's hey congratulations all you've got is another obstacle in the way it means you are on the path when you are not getting obstacles then you are not really at that cutting edge at that flying edge working at that four percent stretch level that really takes you beyond your comfort zone and allows you to forge ahead and uh, get into new territory right on the edge as we call it that is where you find the bedrock on the edge so if you hit bedrock congratulations it means you are in the game so fantastic now last thing i wanted just to talk about on this particular episode is something that we mentioned uh, we've mentioned it before on a on a different episode and that is a form of leadership called servant leadership and I think it's worth revisiting again because we all have this notion, we all have this vision, we all have this belief that leaders are great heroes, strong personalities, visual people, 
great orators and people who inspire, often with their words and often with their visual actions. And one of the things that, uh, one of the particular episodes that we did talk about this was, was in the episode called Captain Class, which really highlights what a fantastic difference this type of leadership brings to an organization. In fact, it is so powerful. It is almost the difference between success and failure. Servant leadership. Well, a good while ago, I heard a phrase that says, the greatest leaders are the greatest servants. And that goes along with what I heard Wayne Dyer talking about. He, he talked about the greatest question that we can ask as a human being is, how may I serve? How may I serve? And it's about taking your eyes off your, it embodies taking your eyes off yourself and putting them on others, putting them on an organization and asking questions that ask of you so that you can contribute, so that you can give, so that you can facilitate the progress, the, the upward movement and the assist, shall I say, other people. How may I serve? And servant leadership is embodied in people who are empathetic. They know what it is that needs to be done and they just get on with it. And sometimes it's just the, you know, and, and this is what I love about servant leadership. Sometimes it is the, the janitor or the cleaning lady the cleaning gentleman or the cleaner or the kit man who ensures that their job is done to their absolute best of their ability. They just turn up every day. They don't have bells and whistles. They don't have fanfares. They just turn up, they do their job. They provide the service that they're paid to do or not. And they just do it. They do it quietly. They get on with it. They do it with a smile. They just have that good old amiableness about them. And there's people that you can rely on. In fact, you know that you can rely on them because actually you may well take them for granted. And they just do it week after week, month after month, year after year. And we only notice them when actually maybe they're not there or they're away or they're off sick or something's not quite right. I mean, how many days do you have to notice, the, how many days does the cleaner have to be off before people notice that the bins are overflowing and the toilets aren't clean? And the little things that we all take for granted that are so important in organizations are not done. That is servant leadership. And how can we embody that is a great question because as a coach, as a manager, as a leader, you don't have to be that, the great big I am at, at, at the vanguard and, and uh, the great orator and the, the, the you know the, the great film star and all that kind of kind of stuff that goes along with that. It's it really is about understanding true leadership, and true leadership begins with yourself, and it begins with the responsibilities of doing 
what it is you're paid to do, what you're expected to do, what you've signed up for, what you've committed to do and doing it to the very best of your ability for the benefit and the service, the betterment and the facilitation of success in the organization. And if you do that by, by default, by benefiting and facilitating success in the organization that you're involved in and the, the people that you're involved with, you will benefit yourself. That is servant leadership. Not expecting rewards, not expecting plaudits, not expecting people to recognize you, looking for recognition, but having the mental capacity to go beyond that and the understanding to go beyond that and be satisfied and know that within yourself, you are doing a job, you are doing what you're there for, and you are contributing and aware of other people and being a successful cog in a, a team. You know, how many weak links in a chain do you need before that chain breaks? You only need one. I think that that kind of really sums up the importance of all of us doing our own little bit and being less concerned with getting recognized, but just serving and in the process being what you can call a servant leader. So don't forget, leadership is not just about being the, uh, the figurehead. It is about doing your absolute best where you are right now. So that's it basically from leader manager coach this week. I just wanted to touch on those 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 few things, the power of understanding what practice really is rather than ritual and routine. Understanding that four letter word work and knowing that that is where our power is and and the same with our players particularly when things are not looking too rosy and there are you know difficulties in our way as there have been in this in this uh, COVID-19 pandemic and um, looking at obstacles as opportunities and looking at them as, as messages that tell us that we need to grow in certain way and do certain things and last of all understanding a really powerful form of leadership called servant that we'll call servant leadership and uh, if we could all be servant leaders how great or how much better would our our environments and our world be well, that's a great question okay that's leader manager coach and it's uh, all about leading managing and coaching in football sport and life don't forget you can download the app find out all about our subscription services and uh, how you can access them to uh, facilitate even more success in your own life and career all right as always great to chat great to have you along and um you know share the message and i'll catch you later okay bye-bye